the world around you is just a mirror of the world inside you. Everything that I feel and experience and have all the beliefs I have and everything that's going on in here is just projected out there. And the way I see the world is the way I am. Welcome to Unleashed. I'm Alexi Panos, life, love, and business strategist, leadership trainer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. And you found the place for getting real, no BS, tools, strategies, and inspiration on how to live your fullest potential, unlock your most authentic expression, and create a life and business that you're completely obsessed with. It's time to remove the chains that have been keeping us small. And it's time to live life unleashed. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Unleashed with your girl, Alexi Panos. And I'm so excited to bring to you our guest today, Megan Lane. She's a women's empowerment and mindset mentor who helps women overcome their fear, reclaim their power, and truly thrive in a life that they love. And she's not just a beautiful soul and up to amazing things in the world, but she's a mama bear. And she's a mama bear to this beautiful little girl and I feel like that's how we initially connected online was through our kids because they're around the same age. So Megan, thanks so much for being here. I just really want to celebrate and acknowledge who you are in the world, how you show up, how transparent you are, and how much support that gives women all over the world just through you being the permission slip. Thank you so much. I feel the exact same way about you. And I'm sure that is why we connected because we see that in each other. So yeah, I appreciate that so much. Of course. So tell me a little about your journey. I know you weren't always this women's empowerment and mindset coach. You you kind of started where I think a lot of us can really resonate. Tell us about the start of your journey and how you got here. Well, I mean, you know, if you scroll back just about maybe even three years before, before I had Esme, while I was still kind of, I just got pregnant and, and that kind of thing. I was just completely in a completely different place a completely different person, you might say. Um, and I was very, I'd built my Instagram following and was very, I was very like kind of obsessed with getting followers and I was doing a lot of beauty stuff and it was all about makeup and all of my photos were super heavily edited. And I would spend every day in my, in the spare room at my house making makeup tutorials. That was like my thing. Um, and it just, you know, when you're doing something every day and you just, it, it got hard to pick up the makeup brushes. It got, it, it felt like every time I had to sit down and record a video, there was like tears in my eyes. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I felt wow. so kind of like attached to this persona that I built online. Yeah. Um, and it really, I had bulimia at the time and that I was kind of like battling with on and off. And I think that this image I had online really was like an outlet for, um, kind of helping me to feel validated and helping me to feel beautiful and helping me to feel worthy. And every time I posted an edited picture and got loads of comments about my appearance, it kind of gave me this like really, really momentary boost of confidence that then wore off because it wasn't coming from within, you know, and I was, yeah, I was already on the spiritual path kind of, you know, I really had a lot of faith and I was just trying to like, I was kind of just going between the two, the two, you know, I was sucked into that world, but I was being drawn into a different, a different place. And I think that's getting pregnant was, was such a catalyst for that change. You know, yeah. I was reborn. I remember the moment I gave birth to Esme and I gave birth to her, but I feel like I gave birth to myself as well. You know, you know, that feeling. I, 
100% get that. I felt the same. I felt like the old me had to die in that moment for, mm -hmm. for me to really step into that, that moment. Yeah. It's huge. 100%. It was wow. the most, you know, giving birth was so painful, but the actual moment of like, literally as, as I crowned, as I pushed her out, it was like the most euphoria I've ever felt in my entire life you know, and that feeling of like the entire pregnancy was over. And it was like, wow, this is like an initiation, like a full rebirth of, of me as a woman. And it was, it, you know, it was from that moment, I looked in the mirror after I gave birth and I was like, my body doesn't look like mine. And I don't, and, and, you know, I don't have any control over any of this. I have to surrender to whatever my body's doing right now. And I'd spent years in control, you know, like super obsessed with controlling my food, my exercise, my calories. I would, you know, um, eat and then I would go and throw up. And that was the control. It was the binge and the purge and that cycle of like needing to control everything. And there was this moment after giving birth where I was a new mom and my boobs were huge and veiny and my nipples were the size of planets. And I was in so yes. much pain and I couldn't even poo or wee without like crying. And yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just chaos. And in that yes. moment, I just had to surrender. I had to go, do you know what? My body knows what it's doing. And, and, and this this respect, this this really deep respect and love and admiration for myself just bubbled up inside me. And that was just such an incredible turning point because I was like, wow, I probably look the furthest from the, the perfection I've been seeking my entire life right now, but I've never felt more deep reverence and respect for who I am in my body. And that was massive because it came from within and it came from a switch with inside me. And that's when I, I started to then, I scrapped all the makeup stuff and I just started to share my postpartum body in all its glory. And I was so unashamed of it. And it was so it was such a beautiful journey because I realized that the real empowerment for women came from being real and being raw and being honest and not from trying to be perfect because that shit is so intimidating and it's so fake and it's so not yeah. who I was. And no wonder yeah. I felt suffocated by it. So that is, I mean, I've gone on, that's a long, long version of the story, but like it just, it went from there. And yeah. As you know, like when you realize that you can help people and that you can be of service to people and that is your message and that is your truth and you find it, it becomes like everything. It's my entire life. My entire life is to, to take women from that place that I was in and bring them to where I am now. And it's that other side of fear. It's the other, yeah. it's like come to the other side, you know, because yes. it's all of us. If I did it, you can do it. And that's what I'm so passionate about now. I just want to take every woman in the world and go, you fucking so powerful. You are so amazing. <laughs> yes. Wake up. So. Yes. I love that. I can feel your heart and your passion in that. And that's, that's truly what I can feel even through your profile. Um, but you mentioned something that I think is so key that, that a lot of us maybe aren't, aren't really getting yet is this idea that we've got to have this perfect persona online for people to respect us, to admire us, for us to, um, gain a personal brand or gain a following or gain clientele. And there's a lot of people I work with in the coaching space who are still really afraid to take that leap into transparency and sharing who they really are. And as you spoke to it, there's nothing more magnetic than that, right? The minute we're in our truth. So what would you say to somebody who's still in that, that in between that gray area of like, I know, I know I get it. Theoretically, I get it, but it's hard for me because yeah. I've created a whole identity over here. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a, I would say it's a leap of faith and it's not something like, I, I, I feel like when you pull the bandaid off, I'll say bandaid, but the plaster or the bandaid off and you just go, here I am. That's it. There's no going back. Do you know what I mean? And I think for people in that situation where like they're hiding behind a persona and they feel like they need to, that as protection, it's like, you just don't understand how much more liberated and free and, and on purpose you will be when you go, this is all of me. And this is who I truly am. And also know that you don't, in doing that, you don't have to give away your entire life. That's one mistake that I believe that I made was that in being my raw and real self, I felt obligated to share everything about my life with everyone. And it was overshare and it was too much and it made me feel burnt out. There is a, there's a really nice space where you can be and show up as your raw, real and authentic self without any shame. And know that you can also hide and 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 keep. It's almost like the sacredness of having your own life to yourself at the same time, and it's finding that balance. I think a lot of people are scared to to you know get out there and be like, "This is actually me," um, for fear of rejection and for fear that people are going to be like, "Oh my god, what?" But actually like you said, it's, it's a magnet. It's a magnet for the people who are meant for you. And when the rest fall away, I think every single time that I've leveled up, like in my, this is me now, because everyone goes through stages, right? So I've gone through makeup yeah. Meg and pregnant Meg and body confidence Meg, and then into more like coachy Meg. And, and every single time people drop off, you know, people yeah. are going to always drop off, especially when it comes to social media. Yeah. That is such a good thing. It's such a powerful thing to have that kind of like inflow and outflow. And, and it's that living with this open hand of like non-attachment. Don't be attached to your identity. You're always going to change. Don't be attached to your followers. Don't be attached to anything. Like you don't need any of it. Yeah. The most important thing is just to show up and be like, this is me. Yeah. And that's true empowerment. And it's so funny because the liberation comes from the act, right? You know, some people are like, I need to be liberated first in order to act, but the act itself causes the liberation. And you brought up a word shame, which is something that my husband and I deal a lot with in our workshops. And shame only gets bigger when we continue to hide, right? When we continue to keep it behind closed doors, it just amplifies and gets bigger and bigger. But the minute we go, here I am, the yeah. shame just, it's like you yeah. pop the air out of the balloon. It just dissipates because you're no longer hiding it. You're saying, here I am in all my glory and all my ugliness and all my perfectness. Yeah. Yeah, that happened, that happened with my stomach. And I think that I've always had a lot of shame around my stomach, around my belly. And it's like after I gave birth, especially the skin was stretched and I kind of carried more weight there and things like that. And it's always been this this secret. And it, you, you're so right. Like shame thrives in the dark. Like when it's kept in the dark, when you're tucking it in your leggings and you're keeping your T-shirts over it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, you're hiding it and you don't want anyone to see it. And, you know, I was wearing tankinis and, and swimming costumes on holidays and never wearing a bikini and like yeah. wanted to have sex with the lights off. And this amazing thing happens when I just stuck it on Instagram and I was like, here's my belly. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> and, and once I'd done it and people were like, oh, it's beautiful. And I was like, do you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe the thing I've been so ashamed of my entire life really is quite beautiful. And I get to decide that. That's not for anybody else to decide. And once you've decided that, nobody else's opinion matters anyway, because I could then wear a bikini, have sex with the lights on, 
walk around with my belly out knowing that it's beautiful because I decided that for me and that's my yes. power you know yes. and that's about shame when you can actually take the thing that you're ashamed of and turn it into a strength and 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 really see it in a new perspective and, and from a new light for yourself you know that's it that's it yeah. I love that there's so much magic in that now now what I love about you is your disposition. You know, you've got, you can tell you've done the mindset work. You can tell you've, you've got an amazing perspective on life. But what I often find with myself first and foremost, and anybody else that has an amazing perspective is we've been through some things in life, right? We've, we've had some uphill climbs. <laughs> and, and I really like to humanize this for my listeners because I feel like a lot of times they have this idea that people they see online or people they see with a big following or a big career or whatever have had it just super easy. Maybe they had a couple struggles. You know, you mentioned eating disorder and um, body image stuff. But what are some other like really big moments that were defining moments for you in your journey? Um, well, there's been there's been quite a few. I think one thing that's actually come up quite a lot in my a lot of my inner child work that I've been doing more recently is um feeling very left out as a child and feeling very unheard and unseen and um bullied in various times of my life that I overlooked and never th- and I always thought no I was never bullied but when I went back into doing a lot of this inner child work there was a lot of times where I felt abandoned by friends and bullied by and even by my own sister which is quite deep um my own little sister who had no idea what she was doing at the time but there is so much deep wounding around that and that played out in a lot of my relationships. And one of my biggest things has been um, jealousy and and real rage from jealousy and like comparison. Um, and the eating disorder went over, I would say, uh, 10 years. And it was, there came a point where, the, you know, I was, it was so serious. It was so bad. I was making myself sick 20 times a day sometimes. And I was pooing blood and throwing up blood and coughing up blood. It was it was the scariest thing ever. And because of that, I then got really um, severe health anxiety and panic attacks. So I just ended up kind of, um, there was quite a few years when I first moved to London where I was just frozen. I was frozen in fear and everything was scary. Everything was scary. And I also was went through uni and a, a good time in my life where I was kind of really into drugs as well. And that was a really difficult thing to go through because I was I had no idea about drugs when I first joined, started uni. And all of a sudden, everyone was doing them. And I was at a uni where they were really like, it was like the thing. And I got quite addicted. It was like a, you know, quite a few nights a week where I was staying up all night and not sleeping and staying on drugs all night. And that was really difficult and definitely contributed to the panic attacks and things. Mm. There's been so many things, just little things over the years. And then relationship breakdown, like, I broke up with the um, father of my child um, a year ago and that was just really difficult. Um, but it has been the most empowering probably year of my entire life to, to finally wow. go, do you know how, how fucking amazing it is to be single and be alone and have that time yeah. and cherish yourself and have no attention on anyone else for a minute and just go, whoa, this is all about me and actually it feels really good. Um, wow. But yeah. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but I hope that's enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's, let's talk about the, the, the decision to separate from the father of your child. That's a big deal. I know a ton of people who listen are in relationship or considering maybe, maybe it's time to leave a relationship. 
What was it for you that was the deciding factor? Because that's a big decision. You know, when you've got another person involved, your baby girl, it's not something that you take lightly, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I just didn't recognize myself anymore. I lost me. I really lost me. And I think... Um, we've always stayed friends and we really respect each other and we are we get on really well and we're a really good team and it actually when we took some time apart and I could see the relationship from a different perspective there was a lot of childhood things for both of us that were just unhealed and undealt with that were just coming together and clashing and it was the same shit different day all the time and it, it just kept showing up the same the same demons kept showing up and showing up and it got to a point where we were both just worn down and like I'm not saying I was perfect we were we both had our part to play but it was very unconscious it was in- incredibly unconscious and um we we didn't communicate well and I think that they just got to a point where there was so much hysteria you know, when they say it's, it's, if it's uh, hysterical, it's historical. Hysteria. Yeah, that's right. So much, I feel like that's how it ended. That's how it got, it got hysterical. Yeah. And it was like, we can't be like this around a baby. We can't have yeah. this around a child, you know? And I think ultimately that was the main decider. It was like, if we can't figure this out, we need some breathing space. We need to find our own feet, our own happiness, our own strength in our, in ourselves alone. And it was just, I think there comes a point when you know something for a while and you let it, you keep, you keep going back or you keep, you keep ignoring it. And eventually the universe just will not allow it. There comes a point where it's like, no, this cannot, this can't physically, you can't carry on. And I feel like how that's how far it got. And then, um, yeah, it was the best decision. Both of us agree. It was the best decision we could have ever Mm. made. hundred percent. Everyone. I love hearing that because I feel like there's so much guilt around like, oh, we failed, you know, if, if a relationship doesn't work out, especially when there's kids involved. That's what I hear a lot where I don't want us to fail. And it's, is it a failure or is it a success? Like for you, it sounds like it's a total success. It sounds like you totally reworked your relationship, how you relate to one another. And I can only imagine for your little girl that she's going to see two healthy people exactly. in a loving partnership that aren't necessarily together. Yeah. And I could never look at what we've created in Esme and ever call that a failure. Like yeah. I believe that we have made one of the most incredible humans. I am slightly biased, but I believe we've made <laughs> she's so sweet though. <laughs> she's so and I really oh. think we made one of the most incredible humans I have ever come across. Like she's so special and I am so grateful. I don't regret anything, one minute of anything. And um, I stand by every decision and everything that we went through. All of it was growth. All of it. All of it was just so important. And you're right. Like, she is a really happy baby. She is a really happy child. Yeah. Oh, and I, and, oh. I, and I, I'll take credit for that. And, and her dad, he's an incredible father. He's incredible. He's so, so amazing. And both of us together, we just, we, we're really good at putting our egos to one side and finding solutions and just bringing, being the peace and bringing the peace. And we don't, we don't fight or argue or fall out or anything. Like it's all just very, very easy. And we both decided to commit to showing up with ease and with grace and with compassion for each other and to put Esme first. Like that's the, that's the number one thing always. I love that. Now on your website, uh, when I was doing a little research on you, I noticed in your story that you said the, the point where everything shifted was when you really recognized that taking 100% responsibility is mm-hmm. it. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little about that? Because that's something I've lived my life by and I 
completely agree. But there's a lot of people out there that will still push back on that and say, you know, how can you be responsible for the things that have happened to you? And how can, you know, you know, I'm sure you've heard it too. Yeah, 1000%. We aren't responsible for the things that happened to us or for us that we couldn't control. Okay, we, we can't predict and control our lives. Our response though, to everything that happens to us is on us and it's on no one else and there's no way around it. And if you're trying to fi- find a way around it, then you're stuck in victim mentality. And at the end of the day, like no shame to anyone who's in victim mentality. I have been there and it feels impossible to get out. And I get it. It feels like you're trapped on a hamster wheel and you're like, how the fuck do I get off this thing? Like nothing's my <laughs> fault. Everything's happening to me. And I'm just yeah. like, this. and you soon realize that all of this shit, this shit storm that's around you, you're in the middle of all of it. You're, you're, do, you're doing it. You know what I mean? And um, I think that some awful, it, it's really difficult when, when we've had traumatic things happen to us, like maybe sexual abuse and things like that. I've had, I went through that experience and, I, and it took a lot of forgiveness for me to move and to move on from that and take responsibility for my, for myself in that situation. Yeah. Without blaming myself as well. It's a real, I really think as well with that kind of thing with that, it, therapy is really incredible or if you can afford or get access to some kind of therapy to have that guidance it's incredible but like the only way to fully be empowered in life and really take the reins and 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 create the life that you want to create is by taking a hundred percent responsibility I just don't think there's any other way around it there's no ifs and no buts like and I was a victim for so many years and I remember this moment and I was like holy shit this is my responsibility and I was waiting every day for something to come and save me me where are you something someone (laughs) yeah and all of a sudden it was it was like a switch it was like a light bulb moment and actually Uh, that was the moment that I stopped making myself sick because I was like oh I can actually stop myself going to the toilet I I'm the only one who can stop myself mid binge no one's gonna come and take the food away from me nobody's gonna go stand in front of the toilet and go Megan, I remember going home to my parents' house and begging them to help me. Ah. And they they didn't know what to do. And I was begging them. I was like, can you send me to like a, a, a send me away to like a hospital or something? I actually wanted to go because I was like, I think I'm going to kill myself. Not wow. kill myself, but like, I think with this eating disorder, with the yeah. way that how ill I am, eventually this could kill me, right? Yeah. And I was so terrified because I thought I've got no control over it. It's happening to me. It's not in my power. And actually, it was a really amazing gift that they that they that they didn't know what to do, and I felt so abandoned in that moment because I realized uh. I have to do this for me. And it was just this really powerful moment of like, right, I'm going to do it. And I, I bought loads of books, yeah. and I and I, every time I had a lunch break at work or a, a minute, I was reading books, I was underlining shit, I was doing meditation, <laughs> yeah. and things. I became, I really immersed myself in it, and it all started to make sense. And then I found God. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> there, there is something, there is something to believe in. And that is exa- when I found God, when I found spirituality, when I found faith in a higher power, everything just became so effortless. It was like, yeah. I could rely and lean on something that was, was me, but also was bigger than me. That was the key. That was like the, the moment. I remember sitting on the bathroom floor and praying and thinking, what am I praying to? Who am I praying to? But in that moment it landed and, you know, and it was from that moment that I prayed 
from that moment that I reached to something greater than myself and and that's when everything started to change and it was that like yeah there was a few like defining moments with taking responsibility but um I think a huge part of it is also knowing that you don't have to do it all on your own because the universe has got you like it has got you (laughs) I love that there's a quote and I I don't know who to attribute it to but I use it all the time spirit can only do for you what it can do through you and that's what I'm hearing here is that you know you you did the work you did the work to to parent your inner child to work on your own abandonment and saying well I'm not going to abandon me right I'm going to show up for me I'm going to read the books I'm going to take the courses underline study immerse and there's a part where the human 3d version of us can only get so far without kind of throwing it up to something bigger. So I, I really love that you shared that because I do think that's something when I meet a lot of really smart, intelligent people that, you know, they call them like seminar junkies over here, where it's like they've done all the seminars, they've read all the books, they've listened to all the podcasts, but their life hasn't changed. And I often think to myself, like, what's the difference? And I do think it, it's, it's self-reliance versus reliance on the infinite power that exists here yeah it's huge it's you're right like you have to almost announce or have that moment where you're like okay you can flow through me now and it's that permission it's that permission and that opening energetically that opening to allow it to flow through you so that you can be carried be carried by that 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 path of least resistance that effortless flow and that can only happen when you surrender to it if you don't surrender to it you're just in resistance and you're always gonna it's always there yep but unless you tap into it you don't get to the the benefit of it as much you know Mm, totally now let's talk about I know you work with women and that's your passion that's your mission what do you find is the biggest roadblock or barrier to a woman fully being empowered and fully being in her fullness and her full expression shame I know you said you've worked a lot about shame shame is huge yeah but one thing that uh, that I actually was noticed recently is that they don't trust themselves mm-hmm. they just don't trust their intuition they don't even know what their their intuition sounds like because they don't yeah. know themselves well enough And I think what happens with women is we listen to so many different opinions about who we are that we become so confused about who we actually are. And we're like, hang on a minute, if they said that and they said that and we take everything quite, you know, personally and everything, we we get this idea of ourselves from the outside world and, and, and from the patriarchy and from society and all of these places. And we, women that I've worked with haven't slowed down and sat in silence and stillness and got to know who they truly are. And I think one theme is they question everything. I did to do this right. Have I done that right? Is this, is this okay? Did I do this well enough? And it's like, yes. One of the most empowering things I ever learned was to know that everything that I do in every moment is enough, no matter how I show up. Mm, and yes, that's just one thing I wish that everybody that I could give to everyone is this like self-assurance of like, yes, I'm not perfect, but I am enough in every moment. So it's this like shame. I think a lot of body shame, which is really, really common. Um, and shame around just general self-expression and trying to hide things and keep things in and be small and kind of, you know, not show up and that kind of vibe, but also, yeah, that lack of like 
just co- general like confidence in in the things that they're saying and the and the things they believe in and their own opinions and 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 who they are I think is massive. Mm. So where does someone start if they if they're listening to this and they're like, oh, I just hurt myself in that. Oh, and there <laughs> there I am again. Yeah. Where does someone start with that? What what where would you guide them? Oh, so many places. Um, I mean, I tried to think about my journey and how it kind of unfolded. And um, the first thing that really helped me was there's a book called You Are a Badass. You've read it. It was the first, it's the first book I ever, like the first personal development book that I ever read. I feel like that book gives women the, the foundation for everything. Yeah. It breaks so many things down and makes it make sense. And I just think that book is such a powerful place to start. Um, but I think the one thing that I tell women to do more than more than anything is to meditate and to journal. And I think they're two really simple things. We make a big deal out of them, like they're these hyped up things, but it's it's really as simple as sitting in silence every single day for 10, 15 minutes, getting a pen and starting to write and just seeing what comes out. Because when I started doing that, it was like 20 years of shit, like just came up. And it yeah. was coming up. The thing is, we do, if we don't sit down and be still and be st- be still and be silent, there's nowhere for all of this to go. There's and we, if we don't journal and write it out or process it, it's all just stored and it's trapped. And there needs to be this kind of sacred moment in every day where we have this time to ourselves and we go, okay, who am I? What do I need? And just give it chance. Give 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 yourself the room and the space to just be and see what comes up because you will learn things about yourself in those meditations and through those journey, those freehand journaling sessions with some gorgeous music yes. that you didn't even know existed inside you. And I think that's a really good place to start. It's like getting to know yourself like a new friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking, that's literally the image I had. I, I think about how women we're so incredible at nurturing our relationships, like with our friends and our family and our loved ones. And how often do we truly give ourselves the space to nurture and nourish the relationship with ourselves? So, so for any of you where like meditation, that word might be triggering. I know some people are like, I can't meditate. I can't sit still with my, with my (laughs) legs crossed. It's like, it just means taking time and turning out all the noise, shutting out all the noise Mm -hmm. and, and opening up the speaker inside and saying, okay, what's here for me? What does my inner self want to say? Yeah. What's this voice saying? And things, that's one thing that when I gave myself that space, things came through for me that I was like, whoa. And then meditation became, I I actually renamed it um, quiet time for people. When I started to, I just said, it's just quiet time. You don't need, doesn't have anything attached to it. Right. All like you said, you put the world out, close your bedroom door, put some music on, get a pen and a piece of paper and just sit there and just whatever comes up, allow it. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the only thing I would say that you, the only thing I would say is there's no rules, right? But yeah. just allow whatever comes up, don't judge it and let it flow. And as you do that every single day, if you did that every single day for like a month, two months, your life would just start to, everything would just start to unravel and make sense. And yeah. it's a journey. You're not going to sit down and get to know yourself in, in half an hour. That's you right. got to right. show up and it is, there is self-discipline is involved in that too. Mm. 
Yeah, it's huge. And I think a lot of people do have, especially women have the fear of like, well, can I take that time for myself? You know, I've, I've got all these other things and all these other people, but give yourself 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out afternoon, 10 minutes even. And I know for me, that's something that I started with because I had the story of I'm so busy and I've got all these commitments and blah, blah, blah. And I said, if I can't give myself 10 minutes Mm-hmm. of getting to know me, getting to know my needs, getting to know my fears, getting to know my traumas. My trauma that was buried in the back of my brain came through in journaling. And it, the only way I, I realized it happened was through allowing the pen and paper to do the work through me. And it was really powerful. So I love that this is a suggestion. I think, like you said, it's so simple and people often kind of write it off. as like, oh yeah, I'll do that later. Yeah. But it's powerful. There's this saying, um, I can't remember who said it, but they said, when something's easy to do, it's also easy not to do. Yep. Yep. And it's so true. It's like, oh yeah, meditation and journaling, it's so easy. Like, what's the point? And it's like, oh, but you have no idea. It sounds so basic and it sounds so mainstream and it yep. sounds so annoying. And it, but there's a reason for it because it works. Yeah. It works. It really does. Yeah. And what do you have to lose, right? If you haven't done it, what do you have to lose? You just get to know yourself better. Exactly. Sacrifice 10 minutes of uh, scrolling on, on Instagram every day and just swap it up for, and it become when it becomes a habit, it becomes actually very like addictive or like you want to go, but you want to go back in, you know, you're like, Oh, I can't wait for that time for me tonight. And it becomes yes. a for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's sacred. I love that. Okay. So what would you say is one of, I know there's so many, but if you had to boil it down, let's say this is for your daughter and you were writing her a letter that yeah. she would have for her entire life and she would pass it down to her children. Yeah. What would you say is, is the one or two pivotal principles of life for her to really get? Okay. I would say that the world around you is just a mirror of the world inside you. And I think that's probably one of the most powerful things I ever learned was like everything that I feel and experience and have all the beliefs I have and everything that's going on in here is just projected out there. And the way I see the world is the way I am. And I think with Esme, I just want her to know that whatever she is creating and whatever's around her and whatever she's facing and bringing into her life and the, if she's experiencing drama or she's experiencing different, you know, experiences whatever's whatever's happening for her that there is deep self-reflection and an opportunity to grow from that and to to learn from that and that the only way to change that is to change what's going on in here and I think that's the most important thing I'll ever I could ever teach her and it's probably the most important thing that I ever learned um yeah that everything is just a mirror Yeah, you're you're preaching the truth right there. I know that was that was one of the hardest realities for me to get because mm-hmm. it's so confronting. Like when you actually fully take that idea on, yeah. it's like, oh wait, so you're saying it's not them or that or yeah. this. It's here. Mm-hmm. It's me, and mm-hmm. it can be really challenging to to do that work. And I'm going to circle back to something you said earlier. It's a fine line to do that work with grace and self-compassion and love versus like blame and I'm terrible and da da da. 
how can we stay in the grace and stay in the open heart while also doing the work to change what we see as our reality? Powerful. So exactly. Exactly. I think one of the first things to ever work on when it comes to self-development is, is harnessing that power to be objective, like self-discernment over self-judgment is huge. And it's probably the best tool. I did a post the other day and I was talking about how self-development can be be dangerous if you keep doing it and you keep going into it thinking that it's got to fix you and you're going to be good enough one day once you you crack the code and you'll only be happy when you've done (laughs) enough self-development and you've meditated and you've journaled. And it's like, no, if the first thing that you learn can be how to have self-compassion and how to go through all of this journey, all of this growth with grace and with objectivity and and with this kind of like non-judgmental approach to everything it will be so much more enjoyable yeah and um there is no destination this whole this whole thing you know the whole journey is the destination every moment is the destination you know uh yeah yeah I agree with that I love that all right so final question as we bring this to a close what would you say is one area of your life that you're personally wanting to feel more unleashed in, that you're personally working on, that you're really kind of buckling down and doing the work in? Sex. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, tell me more. I think I went through years and years of feeling so much shame around pleasure. I think growing up with them um, in the the church, uh, Roman Catholic church and the the whole sin and the God and all of that, that stuff, there was so much shame around like masturbation and things like that. That has taken me a really, really long time. And as well as that nudity, because one thing that my mom kind of passed down to me was her dislike of women in the nude. And if we were watching a movie with my dad and there was a naked woman, my mom made him turn it off. I remember if we were going on holiday to the beach, my mom would see like women with their boobs out and it would be this huge deal and we'd have to go home. And that was very ingrained into me. And I think that's where a lot of my jealousy issues came from and that like feeling of like other women being a threat to me in some way. And also the shame around showing my body and then the shame around my sexuality. And I've always been a very like sexual, sexy person. But it's yeah. always been, it's always been like either expressed in a jokey way to take the piss out of myself yep. or, or shut down. Um, so for me, the next stage, I'm really getting into the divine feminine and really getting into balancing those energies and I'm really getting into pleasure. And one thing I'm learning is like how to experience pleasure in every moment, in like the food that I'm eating and in the feeling of my bedding and like being in the bath and the bubbles. And I'm like, oh, there is just so much pleasure in every single thing and every single moment. And if you can tap into it, it's a very like it's a very like distinctive energy to tap into. It's got this real one, but once you're in it, it's like everything's sexy. You know, the world is sexy. Everything's just like, "Mm, my coffee is so good today. (laughs) (laughs) My bed's so comfy and everything just feels good. And then your orgasms are so much better and so much more intense. Um, And also what's been huge for me in getting rid of this idea of sin around orgasm is actually seeing my orgasm as a portal to God, to the divine. Yes. That's yes. huge because then it's like, there's not some man in the sky looking down at me like this dirty bitch, you know, it's right. like <laughs> <laughs> this moment of like absolute unbelievable pleasure is actually a portal to who I truly am. 
you know, and that connect and that oneness and that connect. Oh, this this whole like area for me is like quite new, but it's so what I want to get into. And I can imagine myself like coaching on it one day or like really getting into that work is like my thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Oh, girl, I love that for you. That's <laughs> that's honestly that's been the thing I've been like leaning into since giving birth with Kingston, my first, because Mm -hmm. I recognized my whole relationship to sexuality changed. You know, Mm -hmm. I had, I felt myself very free sexually prior. And then like, it kind of shifted. It's like, whoa, my body went through this traumatic thing. How do I now be open and express? Mm -hmm. And I I feel like you, you did read the book Pussy, right? We talked about this. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So good. I literally, any woman that's dealing with this area or wants to kind of get a jump start. I recommend that book to every single woman. I'm like, it's, it's like a Bible. Like I was reading it and my mouth was open and I was like, I was sitting in the coffee shop when I first started reading it. And I was like looking around the coffee shop and I was like, I was just like, Oh my God, how did I not know all of this? It like, it like unlocked a whole new level of awareness inside me. And I was like, Holy shit. I have been making myself so small. Even when I thought I was empowered, I was never truly empowered. This is empowerment. That is, you can't be an empowered woman without owning your sexuality and owning your orgasms and owning all of that stuff. You just can't. Preach, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Preach. Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay, great. So stay tuned, world, for whenever Megan starts doing sexuality work. That's going to be fun. Um, So good. Well, thank you so much for this time. This has been really beautiful to just get to know you more and get into your heart and and your mind a little bit more. Uh, Where can people find you online? Um, just on my Instagram is Megan underscore Rose underscore Lane on Instagram. So yeah, just follow me on there. You see all my posts, and um, there's not much sex talk on there yet, but it's coming. I can. It's feel coming. It. It's I can walk. feel it too. It's it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I I so love everything you do, and I'm just over here in America cheering you on and loving your family, and just sending you guys all the blessings for the growth of your family and the growth of your mission. I just, I, I love seeing powerful women in their lights. So I'm just celebrating. Same, same. It's been so good to finally connect with you properly and have a good conversation. And you just inspire me every day. You and Preston both and your gorgeous family. So thank you. Thanks for all you do too. And thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. It's been so good to chat. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And for those of you listening, if you loved this episode, screenshot it, let us know what you're taking away. Make sure you tag us both. I will put our handles in the notes. Um, And let us know what landed for you, what inspired you, what was a bomb that dropped for you, what was a seed that was planted. And as always, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next episode. I'll see you guys soon.